none of us are the same. None of us are the same. And none of us worship or um, pray or whatever. None of us do it the same. Cook. No one does everything the same. Walk, talk. So we're going to have to accept each other as we are. Um, as long as we don't try to make a different way of who Jesus Christ is, as long as we got that common ground and that solidified, this is Jesus Christ. He's the only way to heaven. And he's the only access in. I, everything else is like second. This is the HBIC Podcast, our discipleship weekly, where we talk with folks from HBIC and dig into the practical side of following Jesus in their lives. I'm Ryan Kagner. Uh, this week, I talked with Carmen Donez about coming to HBIC and how she made that fit with kind of her more charismatic religious leanings. And just she kind of shares some really good stuff on how all of us kind of, you know, kind of compromise and center around Jesus when we come to the church. And we also talked about a variety of other things. Um, it's great. Carmen's the best. We're best friends. It's clear once you listen to it. Enjoy. Subscribe. New episodes weekly on Fridays or Thursdays if I feel like it. Posture's on fleek. Mm-hmm. Ready to go. Carmen Donez, welcome to the podcast. Ski! Yeah. Amen. That was the quietest ski I've ever heard. Why the street calls, Carmen? Where does it come from? Tell me. Um, when I was raised in Brooklyn, where I was raised at in Brooklyn, we did a lot of street calls. Um, really, me and my sisters to warn each other when my dad was coming up and down the block. <laughs> <laughs> also, other calls were made to warn other people that were around that cops were coming up and down the block. Okay. So it was um, call your friends down from... The third floor, the fourth floor, especially if your timbres didn't work, your uh, bells didn't work. So, you know, all kinds of reasons to have these calls. Wow. Speaking of like the redemption of old Carmen and new Carmen, yeah. you now use these to signal different ministries in the church. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm calling all partners. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Ski you. So is when I do ski you, right? So yeah. when I do ski you, this is what I imagine. <laughs> have you ever seen Warriors? The movie? Warriors come out to play. It's a 1980s movie. It's a gang movie. All the gangs come out from all different areas of right. the five boroughs, like, and they're coming for a big royal rumble. And so when I go ski, I'm imagining all of us getting ready for attention to bring war to the enemy. Like, okay, <laughs> that's like I'm summoning so our inner. You say ski, and then Ryan just kind of like saunters out of an alley with a baseball bat, just ready. Ready, we're going for ready it. Ready to go. <laughs> Ready to bring the assault to the devil. He's already <laughs> lost. We just got to walk in that victory. Okay. That's a that's a less pacifistic uh, thing than I thought it was, but that's okay. It's spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare, yeah. Spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's the, na- that's the origin of the ski use. I had no idea. Yep. How have you... Let me just ask this. So you approach your faith relatively, like, charismatically in terms of, like... Thinking in terms of spiritual warfare, um, maybe some of like the spiritual gifts, like the more miraculous ones that um, don't always get as much play around here. How is it for you being in a church that like is not BIC and HBIC in general? We're not against those types of things necessarily, but it's not like practiced a ton. Like people aren't speaking in tongues here. Like how is that for you? Um, first coming. When I first started attending uh, a BIC church, it wasn't this BIC church. I was going to a Spanish-language BIC church, and um, they were charismatic. So it wasn't weird to me um, because I was, a re- I was stepping into what I already knew. 
uh, when I went to the English service, because my kids speak English, um, so they couldn't understand what was happening with the Spanish Bible uh, kids programming. So we went to the English service. Um, I just thought it was a cultural thing. I didn't realize it was anything more than that. Uh, and then when I got here, I just, again, chalked it up to a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, um, no one has ever told me don't speak in tongues. No one has, um, whenever I've felt like I've had a word for somebody, like in prophecy or prophetic prayer, no one has told me, Carmen, you can't do that. Um, and the couple of people who I have felt the, like the go ahead, the nudging of the Holy Spirit to go ahead and, and pray in tongues out loud, uh, those people did not shrink away from it. And if anybody had any questions, we talked about how I came to believe in it and how I got baptized with the evidence of tongues. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I never stopped to think that you guys weren't for it. Mm -hmm. I just figured I'm down and you better be down with me. Yeah. So it doesn't bother you that it's uh, less prominent here? No, I feel as if someone wanted to be, um, who wanted the evidence of tongues, that's something that we can pray for together. And if God so wants it, um, they will get blessed mm -hmm. with that type of gift. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the BIC is different than some other denominations, and it's not, we're open to that. We don't necessarily think everyone's going to exhibit that. Right. My only, my only hang-up about it is if I'm speaking, if I don't speak in tongues, how do I know somebody else can interpret? Because you haven't heard me speak in tongues. Like, that's my only, like, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's a catch-22 a little bit. You get the whole thing of, like, well, we're open to it, but if there's no interpreter then no speaking, but then it's like, well, but if I don't speak, then how do I? How do we yeah. know who has the gift of interpretation of yeah. tongues if no one is speaking the tongue? Well, I hope someone's listening to this that has that gift or is into, you know, tongues and the revolution starts here, maybe. I have, I have not experienced that, <laughs> that gift. Uh, some of my close family members may or may not have. It's not, I'm not at liberty to say, <laughs> but um, yeah. So that's one part of just like, for you coming into this place, like, how has it been to navigate, even if it's, if it's just a cultural thing, how has it been for you to navigate, like, the culture of HBIC? What would you even call the culture of HBIC? Oh, I remember hearing about a third way a long time back. Um, this was, like, pre-COVID, probably pre-pastor of outreach. And um, we were talking about a... a honoring mothers of the church, which is not really done here at HBIC. Um, and it's, um, and it was like, so when I was talking to the person about how, well, I don't see this and I don't see that. How do you, how do you then show honor to the women of the church if you're not, if you're not expressing it that way, you know? And they were like, well, this is a third way. And I was like, a third way? And they were like, yeah, we bring them honor every day or when we do this or when we do that. And it was like different things that um, she was trying to explain to me how not everything is going to be, we're not going to be able to incorporate everything from all cultures in one church. But if we can figure out the third way so that way everyone feels comfortable expressing in their own cultural first language, first love, first heartbeat, um, not that mine is better than yours, but you are free to, Carmen, shout and clap and clap offbeat while I stand here quiet or sitting, contemplating, meditating the same worship song. I'm not forcing you to be loud. You're not forcing me to be quiet. That's the third way. Like, we are, we'll honor it all, but we can't all do all type of thing. 
have you found um, that to work? The idea, I mean, the premise is this: it's like a compromise or a middle road position that like yeah. everyone can get around. Does that work? It has to work. It has to work. None of us are the same. Yeah. None of us are the same. And none of us worship or um, pray or whatever. None of us do it the same. Cook. No one does everything the same. Mm -hmm. Walk, talk. So we're going to have to accept each other as we are. Um, as long as we don't try to make a different way of who Jesus Christ is. Yeah. As long as we got that common ground and that solidified, this is Jesus Christ. He's the only way to heaven. And he's the only access in. I, everything else is like second. As soon as you start messing with, well, maybe, kind of, sort of, if, or maybe eternity is not really eternity, then yeah, it's yeah. kind of like. So the third way is like the Jesus way in your mind, or part of the third way is like, we're not going to choose your culture or my culture. We're going to center around Jesus, and both of us are going to make our culture, like on this thing, secondary right. to Christ. Right per, you know, Ephesians 2 and just kind of the whole dividing wall of hostility thing and, like, grounding ourselves in him rather as our primary identity first. Right. Uh, and then our secondary identity is those cultural things can, like, those survive. <laughs> we still carry them with us, but they're not necessarily at odds because we are grounded, unified in Christ. It's kind of the, the yeah. idea. I mean, that's my idea of it. Yeah. I assume that's, I mean, that in and of itself is a kind of sacrifice. But I assume that, like... It is. When I've I used to come in yeah. the beginning, I would pregame. <laughs> you still pregame. I do still pregame. It's just, it's in my DNA. It's so... But um, I was raised in a household where we went to church at 6 o'clock in the morning. Um, but anyway, for prayer, I loved it. I did it even as a youth. I loved it. But I love to pray. But anyway, um, I would pregame not because of worship style, but the worship set was too short. So and by pregame, you mean worship first? Yeah. Before I come in. Yeah. Um, and then be and then just flow into whatever's happening here and have my own little yeah pre-party. Yeah. So that's why if you if people see you on a Sunday morning and you're going in, you've already been rolling for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Just because if Carmen was starting the church all over again, we'd have nine songs at the beginning or whatever, you know, an hour of music. We would. We yeah. would have at least a good half hour of prayer before we even... Did anything? Yep, don't strum your guitar. Hold on a sec. Wow. <laughs> half <laughs> hour of prayer. I'm just playing. You're not really playing. I mean, that's okay. Well, if I think about all the things, what happens to me on Sunday usually is I start thinking about all the things that happened to me this week and all the things that I haven't had a chance to really let go yeah. so I can concentrate and focus in on Christ and all the wonderful things he's done for me. And it's just like, so then, you know, the first two songs I'm kind of like playing in my head, I finally got a moment, so all these things bubble to the surface. And then by the third or fourth song, I could finally get in. By the fifth song, I'm finally like, yes, and I get that he's in our presence all the time. And But am I aware? And it takes me four or five songs to become aware of mm. how close God really is. That's interesting. Yeah, so if I'm sitting beside you and I'm feeling... I, I shouldn't do this, but if I'm comparing myself and being like, man, I wish I was on fire like Carmen or was worshiping like Carmen, I'm like, well, no, I'm just, it's the second, for me, it's the second song. I'm still processing through all the things that she went through this morning. For her, it's the 10th song. 
Yeah. You know, and she's kind of like, she's already been peeling back those layers, working through that place of like, it's not a zero to 60 for her. It's no, it's not. Yeah. Took some, took some getting there. Took some getting there. Okay. So that's a sacrifice and a compromise you've made to make HBIC work for who you are, who God made you to be in terms of gathered worship. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's exclusive to HBIC. I think wherever I would have went, it would have took me that long to to even. There's times that it's not to the end of the song. I know there's plenty of times that I prayed before, and it's not to the end of the song, or the end of the service that is finally hitting me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can really sense how close you are today, Lord. Like, mm-hmm. and then you'll have all you know, like the rivers of living water coming out my eyes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that's where they came where they out come. of. <laughs> Watch out. Um, why why sacrifice and and compromise to be a part of HBIC instead of um being a part of another church that just more neatly fits you know your worship style or who you are um before i started BIC i was at part of another church and it took me years to even feel comfortable. Then I started at the BIC, the other BIC church, and um, and it, I, I was a little bit more short of who I was as a Christian and as a Christian woman. And um, sitting down and, and talking to my kids when we came back uh, into the city, and we went to a couple of different churches that I was like, I can start fresh. I don't have to I don't have to go back to where I had ties that I can start fresh and we can figure this out together. Because by then I had kids who, my youngest I think was like, oh no, Mateo was only one. But anyway, Julia and Jacob were already already paying attention. So I was just like, okay guys, what do we, you know, where do we want to go to church at together as a family? I didn't have to do what I was doing. Um, And when we went to the other places, they were just kind of like, you know, this is, you know, we're not comfortable, whatever they were saying. We didn't know anybody, and there was no way I can go back to the other BIC. It's just too far away. So um, the other BIC told me about HBIC, and then I came in. And it was just like, have you ever seen The Wizard of Oz? And she just walks in, and she was like, and I seen Aunt Dorothy, or whoever her aunt was, and I see this one, and I see Uncle this one, and she saw them in the lion, the whoever. That's the way I felt when I walked into HBIC. I saw familiar people who I never met before, but I was like, I can see, you know, this pastor and that one. I can see that. And I just felt a familiarity here. Um, and then at the end of the, um, at the end of the service, when uh, I got home, I said, all right, guys, we're going to have to make a choice because I don't believe in church hopping. And I was like, you know, um, <laughs> it's just, you got to pick a space and put plant roots. This is how I was raised. So I was telling them, which is going to be our church? It was down to like two. It was another church in HBIC. And both the kids were like, you know, we, we want to go back to Pastor Patty's church. It wasn't even HBIC then. It was Pastor Patty's church. <laughs> and, that's how, and that's how we ended up um, becoming regular tenders. Um, but really coming into outreach, I was outside on the lines. I was one of the participants on the lines. Um, I think my first one was uh, a Toys for Tots um, event. And I was like, oh, that's at my church. And I signed up. And I um, 
And I came and I was outside and I saw, and I came, when I came in, I didn't know who was throwing the Toys for Tots event. I just knew that it was happening at my church. And so when I came in, I saw Pastor Sarah. I was like, Pastor Sergio, what do I got to do to get out this cold weather? I was, she was like, you got to volunteer. If you want to come inside, you got to volunteer. I said, well, I'm willing to volunteer. So she called me in. And from that day on, I just been volunteering. And um, Because <laughs> you were cold. I was freezing out there. But as I got to see... Um, not only the Toys for Tots program is how I knew it, the Toys for Tots program, but as I got to see more of, you don't hear about all of this. You know, if you come during events time, you will hear the boom, 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 boom. If you come through the, you know, time of giving, you say, hey, food pantry needs. So you hear a little bit of this and that. But you don't hear so much. Um, at least back then, I wasn't hearing all the ESL back then. It was called the ESL, all the ESL classes. And as I started coming on Wednesday nights and just, like, looking around, and I'm like, wow, they're really... Um, do a lot for the church. And um, at that time, Pastor Cedra had um, a Bible study up in Edison Village. And she was like, um, she was like, Carm, I can't forget. I remember, I will never forget this. Carm, I can't forget. I got to get to this Bible study. I got to start doing this Bible study again. I promised Edison Village I will not forget. And it was just one of the things like, you know, that just impressed on me. Don't forget those. Just because you doing something else, don't forget those you're, you're not necessarily walking away from, but not they're, they're not in your close proximity again. They're not, they're not near you. Don't forget that. So that just always impressed on my heart. And, you know, getting to know Pastor Cedra that way. It was just then I became part of women's ministry, and then I became the coordinator, chairperson, I don't know, whatever the person is on top, and just like that. Okay. Yeah. And now you run it all. No. <laughs> I game. try. I try. So you just kind of walked in and you recognized, like, oh, these are my people, or just there was that familiarity from the get-go? That kind It of was. I could tell you a couple of things that solidified it. It was, um, first of all, no rush to become a member. Mm -hmm. That was huge for me. I didn't want to be rushed into a decision and choosing a church um, that I was going to be with. Second was the, um, so Jacob had went through a growth spurt, and, um, and somebody, and I know I tell this story all the time, but it made a huge impression on me because somebody was paying attention. And the, like in the, within a couple of weeks before the month's end, somebody had left a bag of pants, Jacob's pants by then were already high water, and somebody had left a bunch of pants around his size and maybe a couple of sizes up. It was just a big bag of pants, jeans and um, uniform pants. Back then, Harrisburg School District was uniform. And it was just like, wow, somebody like, it, they didn't say, they didn't write their name on it. They never allowed me to say thank you. It was just this I saw. Maybe they didn't sell and got just to give it. I don't know how it happened. All I know is at my seat <laughs> was a big back, and it said, you know, for Carmen. Yeah. And I was just like, wow, that really, like that, I was like, wow. And it was perfect timing. I didn't have it. I, there was no way. I was like, even when people say, oh, you could have went to Walmart, you know, and got, you know, whatever, how the, the jeans was. I didn't have it. At the end of the day, I didn't have it. I, yes, I could have went to Walmart, but I would have got there and then what? Like, <laughs> I didn't have it. But God knew. This person saw and did it. And that just, like, that was just like, if you can see a need and feel a need, that's where I want to be. I don't want to walk by. I don't want to be oblivious. I don't want to, oh, she must help. Son's in high words. She must need help. And then we'll pray about it and keep it moving. No, she needs help. We got it. Let's give it to her. And that just, that, the other thing was, um, um, Eldon Fry, he was part of the, so I had a deacons over in the other um, BIC church, and then when I came down, they didn't even know I was going to come to this church, 
and my my renter, my tenant, had destroyed my house, which I thought I was going to move right into. Um, I didn't check the house before. Here we come with all our, um, with the van, with the U-Haul and everything, and my house was destroyed. I'm talking about they put um, washcloths with shoelaces and stuffed them down the drains, down the toilet. It was just destroyed. I couldn't flush. I couldn't, boiler wasn't working, nothing. And they went and made the house. They tore down the privacy fence. They took off the back door to the um, to the kitchen so people were able to come in and out like nothing. And together with the other BIC church and HBIC got together and put a team together and made my house habitable. Mm. You know, and that was after being homeless, after having a fight, selling one house, thinking my renters will be out in time, and now I'm homeless after just owning two places, and now I'm homeless, and now what? And it was just like, it was, it was I'm telling you, God's timing. Mm. So, yeah. So those were the two big things that, like, okay, if I'm going to pick a church, I'm going to pick where they serve. They know the need, they feel it, they don't need any recognition, and any acknowledgments of it. Like, that heart of servitude, all day long, that's where I'm at. Yeah. I th- what I hear in your story is what I hear in many people's stories or most people's stories about why they're here. It's like first the part with your kids and like Pastor Patty, someone mentioned it recently, I think at the prayer night, um, about how Patty just like knows every kid's name um, and just has that way of like the kids feel like she's like on their side right away and that Mm -hmm. she's their person and like she knows them and, um, and she does. Right. Um, and I think for everyone, for many people here, like that sense of feeling known is big. Um, and then, yeah, and then like the needs being met, I think for so many people that come through our doors, just the the um, the way that the congregation or the pastoral staff or whoever just like showed up and yeah. was there. And, and like um, obviously and really, you know, cares. Um, I'm still humbled by that. I'm a much more self-absorbed person than some of the other people on <laughs> pastoral I staff. I don't, know, I don't believe that at In all. In terms of, like, I am going home and turning my phone off, you know, but, like, Linda's going to show up, you know what I mean? Anytime, anywhere. Hank's going to show up anytime, anywhere. Like, I'm talking to Hank, yeah. the lead pastor of this church, and he's just like, you know, yeah, no, I was like, I met with this person, I met with this person, right. and like we bring up something that like somebody's dealing with. He's like, yeah, no, I talked to her for two hours yesterday, and I'm like, <laughs> how did you do that? Like, <laughs> right. How? You know, he must have a, I don't know, what he, he cloned himself or something, I swear, but, you know, that made a an early impression on me just to see like, oh, like, you know, or when we s- started coming like um, well before, like I was still pastoring in my last church. And Ashley came here the 2020 summer, like COVID, when you guys are outside at the park. Um, and just like the care, like Linda showed her, you know, mm-hmm. that first time, just like asking who she was and talking to her and remembering. And then when we came back after I had left that church um, and like being here, you know, as much as I maybe would have liked to sit in the back and no one talked to me for a while, but, uh, you know. For whatever reason, that wasn't the case. And we knew one or two folks, and that probably helped. Because I'm sure there's some people that can do, like, come here and aren't necessarily engaged with right away. But, um, yeah, it's tough, man. I think our first three Sundays, it was three for three of Marietta Sawatsky finding us and talking to us and making sure we were (laughs) marked and known and welcomed. You know what I mean? Like, um, we're going to get past her, you know? Um, 
So yeah, I think I had that experience as well. If you were to like, so you have the floor right here. You're on the podcast. The whole world is listening. Oh my. If you were to, you know, make your pitch for how you'd love to see this church grow in the next five years, Mm. um, like what you'd like to see them grow in, um, what would your like dream, big vision be, your hope? I don't know. I would love to see, oof. I would love to see a lot more manifestation of the Holy Spirit in Mm. more of the charismatic way, what I'm, um, what I'm more used to, what's more typical of my upbringing. Um, yeah, I yeah, I think that will probably be the only thing. Um, as far as outreach is concerned, I would love to see more collaborations, like just meeting the different churches that are out here who are doing things in Allison Hill and what are you doing and how can we help, can we help, and just partnering up that way. It doesn't have to be us all the time. Um, big dream that's like I, I I would love to see like a, a people like if somebody came here for food pantry I would love to hear them about them ping ponging from different churches and getting the same love the same acceptance wherever they go and then they can say you know hey oh you know did you did you try this food pantry oh you're not getting what you need did you try this oh yeah I talked to Pastor Carmen and then you know, oh, let me call Carmen and see if she can get you in. We don't have anything this week. And I would love that co- collaboration amongst the different churches to say, we don't got it. We don't have it. But maybe this church will. I would I would love that. I would like that. I think I would just be like, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Just see that unity, you know, within Harrisburg. There's so many needs. There's so many. There's so many people doing good work. And there's so many churches who are really doing the very best they absolutely can. But there's no one church that's never going to be all to everybody. Yeah. And if we all just play our part, we could really make a huge impact in the city. Yeah. But we can't do it in that, in our own little corner. If we could just, yeah. It's easy for us to have tunnel vision a little bit and think about just, like, focused on what we're doing. Um, and, you know, so when someone comes with a need that we can't, meet or not really prepared to meet right now um yeah is our first instinct like shoot how do we how do we meet that maybe we need to start a new ministry maybe we need to mobilize xyz but retraining ourselves even as ministry leaders just be like well i know that you know such and such you know bethany ame or whatever it is like um they have that or they could help or call them and do you think that's like a it, it seems to me like that should be a possible dream are there obstacles to that that you've our work seen? schedule no. <laughs> okay besides <laughs> that we'll get to your t- seven jobs yeah yeah um I don't know if um I don't know I think that sometimes and this could just be me or it could just I don't know but I think that sometimes people get hung up on the denominational factor sure and um and it's just it's hard to it's hard to put that point of view down in order to make, you know, these different connections and collaborations. So, um, yeah, I think that might be the only um, that I can see. And and meeting people, uh, just randomly calling people. I've tried it twice, randomly calling, just, hey, I see you have a <laughs> outreach branch of your church. Can I meet with that person? And they're like, what? No, thanks. Click. And I'm just like, I'll send an email, you know before I get there. So I've 
that way, um, that cold calling doesn't really work. So if I can get introduced, once I once I get in that door, is, is game is on. Yeah. I just need that introduction for sure. Um, and if I could come in, even if it's by you know accident, um, in a grocery store somewhere, you know that's how I meet a lot of people that I'm just like, hey, and they're just like, oh no, we were just, oh wait, but no, this is what we do, or you know, type so, of thing. So well. stalking. No, not stalking. I'm just like, hey, you, I, hey, are you such and such from such and such? Oh, you just happen to be here in aisle seven. Me too. <laughs> After I just saw your Facebook check-in. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also love Goya. Let's talk about <laughs> outreach. Um, tricky. No, that's good. I, I've been in other ministry settings where there was like a competitive nature between mm -hmm. churches. I don't, I haven't necessarily seen that here. I haven't interacted with a ton of the other churches in the area. And we're in like a city setting where it's not like you have a finite amount of people you're like fighting over. Like there's right. thousands and thousands of people that are not like part of any churches. But in the past, I've been in other settings or like smaller settings, rural, suburban, where it felt like, you know, the bigger church, the, the smaller church wouldn't want to like interact too much with the bigger church. Because then what if their people start to go to the bigger church because they have like the right. shiny or whatever, you know what I mean? Like there was an aspect of that. I haven't necessarily seen that here. Um, I don't, maybe you have a little bit, I don't know. Maybe it's just more the denominational thing or just maybe it's theological. That. Maybe I'm thinking it's denomination and it's what you're saying. I, I, you might suck out people to be part of your church. Yeah. Like there's a threat. And I'm, thing. I'm really, I'm, you know, it's a shame because we shouldn't like, we're not here to, to like, it's not church growth. If you're coming from mm. a different church. Like, the numbers stay the same. Yeah. The amount of Christians stay the same. I've heard it described as, like, I think sheep swapping or something like, like that. For sheep me, church, <laughs> church growth for me is a lot more of how many new souls are coming yeah. in and being discipled. How many new souls are being engaged in. Or even the people who are rededicating their lives by coming in. You know, you haven't been to church or for whatever reason, whatever. You haven't, you know, considered the Lord lately. And, yeah. you know, that to me is like, okay, let's talk about that. But... The numbers didn't shift just because you went from point church A to point B church. Like, mm -hmm. we still got the same number of Christians, Christ followers. Yeah. And I think that starts with, at least for us here, and I would hope that every church, like, some recognition of, um, you said it earlier, I think, like, we're not for everybody necessarily. And that's fine. Yeah. We're not going to be. Um, I mean, I've heard Hank talk about this plenty of times before, but. You know, like we're weird, we're a weird place a little bit. You know, we're like striving to be multicultural and multi-ethnic, but we're also like Anabaptist. You know, like we're not a historically black church, right? Um, we're not. We don't want to be a white church, although we might default to some of those forms more often than not. But um, yeah, so but and for every church, I would hope they would embrace the idea like we're not for everybody. You know. And, like, there are a lot of good churches out there. And there, there are a lot are. of places yeah. that people, like, should be worshiping. You know, I would you love... You got to find a good fit. Yeah, and I would love to be able to have healthy conversations with people where we're like, look, like, it's really great to get to know you. I, I kind of wonder if maybe, you know... Um, yeah. Church of the Brethren down the street or, or the AME or whatever it is, like, maybe that would be, like, a good place for you. Or I feel like maybe, maybe God's calling you to serve in a different place, in a different way. And I think people need to remember that in order for them to... Um, find realize that it's not only about you belonging; it's about where you're gonna grow. 
Mm. Like you don't want to be just planted to sit where you are. You want to be, um, you want your gifts to be used. You want to grow in the Lord and the knowledge of the Lord. You want to grow closer to God. Like we can never be, we can never have too much of God. We can never have too much of God. Mm. So wanting more is not a bad thing. So while you're out there, if you're out there looking for a church and wondering which church it is, you got to figure out where, where's the place that you are going to grow spiritually. Where's And it might take a little challenge because no growth just comes easy. It's going to be some, it's going to, might be some little growth pains. It might be some growth spurts, but you got to figure out where are you going to grow? You don't want to be sitting just to sit. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's seasons for sitting, but that's not the norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. Last kind of line of questioning for you. Uh, are we best friends? We are. Okay. We're besties. Besties. <laughs> so is it safe to say that I'm like your, I'm your favorite person on staff? Ooh. <laughs> or like you like us all the same, but I, you're just, our souls resonate at a deeper level than everybody else. I don't else's. know. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> I just feel like it's so funny. It's just like, <laughs> so I'll tell you the truth and only the people on personnel committee know this. I was just like, I cannot believe they hired somebody. <laughs> what are you talking about? Your position. I was like, I cannot believe. And I was just like, um, first of all, it was just a weird thing of how it all happened. But then, like, now as I've, so when I met you, I was just like, hmm, I'm going to take this with a grain of salt. Let's see how long he stays. Because, you know, <laughs> there's some people that come to the church. I mean, when we put when we put things out that we need to hire people, people come to the church to say, hey, I've been coming to your church for a couple of weeks, and now all of a sudden they want to be pastor of worship or mm-hmm. uh, whatever other pastors they were looking for, youth and um, young adults, whatever other pastors are out there. And I was just like, um, I've never seen Patty's go up for, for, so I don't know how it was in Patty's day, but I've seen a couple come through. And so I'm just like, I don't want people coming to our church just because they know it's a job opening. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, I understand we put it out there, but I want people who are really going to love us and our us, our people. So I was like, I'm going to watch him. I'm going to see what like his. I like eight months in before the post. I don't even like, know. I didn't even know. Listen, I wasn't one of the people that warmly greeted you or your wife. No, surely you Right. Not. So <laughs> we can't say I, I already had this little bias towards you. So I'm watching you and I'm like, we're going to see how he does. Let's see how when things went up. When you say the cochilla corta, where the knife cuts, let's see how he goes. And then I was just like, all of a sudden, I don't know, one day I was praying for the, the pastoral staff. I was like, God, he's my little brother. Uh, <laughs> and I just really want. I think I even called you and left it on your t- text message. <laughs> you yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, God, please. <laughs> and I was just like, why do we even like the kids so much? <laughs> I was just like, okay. I was like, that's it. He's my bestie. You don't even know yet. Let's go. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It was just really a time of, of, I don't know, all of a sudden God just was like, and I was just like really crying out for you. I don't even know why. And I was just like, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I do love him like a little brother. Aww. Aww. But you, you do realize you're also the, uh, the only other ministry that has a street call. I'm the only one. You, it's just, it's just us two. What is it? Remind I forget. <laughs> Go We're on best Facebook. Friends. I don't we, remember what it is. We, I'll go back when they announced this discipleship. One time you did a discipleship one, and I made it all right at the, like yeah. it just right off the top of my head. I just made it for you. I have I, to go back. I think it's um, Luke twelve twelve. Jesus says to the disciples, like when you're brought before the authorities and and those in power, like don't worry because the Holy Spirit will give you the street call that you have to yep. say. And like, it's like, oh wait. <laughs> 
<laughs> I might have been. Was that it? I'll take that. I don't, if know, that I don't know what it was. I got to think about it. But it was just like, whew. Yeah. You, do you remember once in church I called it a cat call? I do. <laughs> I do. I said, oh, my goodness. It's okay. How many times have I said things from the front where you're like, ooh, we, we'll talk about that later? I know I said magic once. Magic. At least once. When you said some people were newsboys with rap music. Was what? I did not say not that. Not used boys. It was something. I don't know. I just started sending you a bunch of Christian rap. I was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, like I dissed Christian rap or something. No, you, you said it. somebody was Christian rap. And I was like, what is he talking about? And I just sent you a bunch of like, I started sending you YouTube videos of Christian rappers. I was yeah. just like, please don't do that. Let me introduce. Come on my side. Don't let me introduce you to somebody else. But you knew a couple of them. You did know a couple of them. You're like, oh, I know cross movement. Oh, I know. And we went back and forth a couple, and I was like, all right, I'm over your your." My sermon. cousin showed me a cross-movement uh, tape from, like, 1994. I, I was, my mind was blown. I was like, wow. It was in Newsboys. What was the other guys? Um, Hank said one time them two. Uh, 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 it was, like, three guys. DC Talk. DC Talk. Ugh. Oh, I dissed them or something. I or, no, know. I said they were rap. And you're yes. Like, Let me show no. you real rap. Let me show Here's you real rap. Don't do that. Ambassador and Flame and Cross <laughs> Movement. and <laughs> I had a face. I had a Christian rap face. I was like, let me help you, friend. Oof. Okay. But confirmed here on the podcast, we're best friends. Yes, we are besties. Okay. That's the title of the podcast. Anything else you'd like to say? Any word you'd like to speak over your, your church and your people? Yeah, I would like for... Um, I would like to say when it comes to um, talking about Jesus to other people, which is, I have to remember that that doesn't come naturally to a lot of people. But when it's something is so good and the Lord does say, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, and when we invite people to the table to taste, um, we have to send out the invite. How can people know if God is good if we're not inviting them to the table to eat? Um, I just want to encourage people in that he's been good to you. You don't have to know all the stories in the Bible, but you do know how he's come through for you time and time again. You do know how he has been there for you, encouraged you, given you hope, given you peace, ordered your steps. Um, things that sometimes you can't even um, articulate. You know, it's just like, I don't know how to say I got over that hump. I remember one time I was going, I had went through a lot of things, um, like the 2009 to about 2012, 13. Like it was just back to back, back to back things. And um, it wasn't until COVID that I realized that I was healed from a lot of the things that were happening then. And it was just like God showing me how he has healed me. And it was just like one day, not one day, plenty of times I was in prayer. And God just like gave me of, of um, almost a flashback. And there was not a twinge of hurt. There was not a... A, a tear fest that was not like, oh, I came out of that and I'm okay. And these are things that you can't even, I don't, I don't even know how to pinpoint it or say to you that he got me out of it. Um, and I know it's hard to describe to people who don't even know, but the only way for them to know is if we invite. And I just want to encourage people to invite, invite, send the invite out, send a mass invite. That's our hugest weapon, hugest weapon of destruction. Ooh. Sending out a mass invite to come know that the Lord is good. Come taste. Come to HPIC or come to come to the Lord. Them. Come to the Lord. Come, come to, to the, the Lord. Lord. Come mm -hmm. to the Lord. I know a lot of people, as a Christian community, as a Christian person, people open up to Christians regardless. And it's because we, especially when we've been in prayer, especially when we have a little bit of sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, you find yourself in conversations like, oh man, why am I even 
why is this person even telling me all of this? And that's your opportunity to say, hey, you know, I've been through something similar or I don't know what you're going through, but I can pray for you about it. The fact that they're being vulnerable and opening up to you, that little space of information allows you to get your toe in to say, I, I don't know what you're going through, but I can pray for you or whatever it is, I can pray for it. Um, and, you know, continuing those conversations because it's not about filling up H big seats. It's about filling up heaven. Amen. There's an eternity that's going to happen. Eternity starts now, and the decisions we make impact our eternity. So I would like people to make informed decisions. I don't want you to say, I didn't choose Jesus because I didn't know about Jesus, but I talked to Carmen 50,000 times this year. You understand? Yeah. Like, there has to be some wiggle room there. Yeah. Amen. Weapons of mass invitation. That's right. Or something. Something. That's yeah, good. For sure. Next time I'm on the podcast, we'll talk about spiritual warfare. Let's go. You're going to be a, you want to be a recurring guest? Oh, sure. Even though it's taken 10 months to get you on here, but you're going to come back. Yeah. Once in the, in June, when you're done with one, when one of your seven jobs is taking a break. Yeah. Right. Sure. Sounds good. Word. Thank you. You're welcome.